0: Hey guys, it's Brandon with the Murder Mystery Fridays podcast. So, tomorrow's Halloween, and I know I haven't done an episode in a while. I know I'm going to get back into my regular upload schedule. Things have just been a little crazy right now with the whole um, COVID-19 thing and school and timing for everything. I've just been really, really busy. So today, um, I do have a few listeners um, who have said they did want to hear... Um, a part two on the Bellwitch Haunting, and I thought this would be a perfect time to do it actually because I do have some theories that I have, you know, seen and have some evidence to back up on that. So, um, I already told you guys the basic story. Um, if you guys have not seen it, it is literally one of my very first episodes, but I will give you guys a quick basic rundown. Pretty much the Bellwitch Haunting was um, a hunting that happened to the Bell family in Adams, Tennessee. And the spirit, which was named appropriately, the Bell, which did call herself Kate, did torment the family for years and years, going after everybody. Um, But in particular, John Bell and his daughter, Betsy. But so that's the basic rundown. But let's get into some of the theories of the Bell Witch. Now, some people, you know, the main belief is it was Kate Batts who was a neighbor of the Bells who John had had really bad business dealings with um, after Kate's husband had, had an injury and couldn't do work on a lot of their farmland. They started selling it off to neighbors and they sold it off to John Bell who charged them Um, a very high price. So, um, that's pretty much the original theory. Now, some other ones, though, that I have seen a little bit talked about, but I haven't really heard a whole lot, um, more on, but it does make a little bit of sense when you do think about that time, um, John was very, you know, just kind of jealous and stuff of his daughter, Betsy, going out and finding another man to marry. Um, Now, some people do say maybe there was some sort of abuse going on um, that he was putting on his children that was making these emotions manifest. And from my basic understanding of paranormal anything, especially in young teenagers, when you have so many emotions manifesting, they can actually turn themselves into an energy or an entity who particularly goes after that person that that energy is focused on. Now some people are like, well, then why would it go after Betsy? Well, if you kind of think about it, most abuse victims of any abuse in general do partially blame themselves because they think, well, I could have done something to stop it. I could have told somebody. So that's why it would have went after her. But even as time went on, it focused less on Betsy and more on John Bell. So that is a big theory there. Another theory is that the whole thing was a hoax, and it was done by Betsy school teacher Richard Powell, who was known to be, like, an illusionist, and a lot of people do find it very strange that, um, just before Betsy and Josh, not, not Joshua, sorry guys, little mess up, brains a little fried, um before Betsy and Richard got married, Richard's wife, um, a couple months before had mysteriously died. Now, back in those days, they didn't really look into those kind of things. You know, they just figured, you know, either age or the person got sick. Um, so that's another theory. But one theory that I do want to talk really strongly on is that theory of it being like a poltergeist, of a manifestation of all of the emotions because there was a lot of emotions in that household, you know, John had picked up his family and moved them, you know, to this town, and, you know, there obviously was a lot of emotions going on, you know, being in a new place, you know, trying to make a name for yourself, and also at that time, John Bell's reputation had been a little bit tarnished because of his dealings with Kate Bats and how much he had charged her and how he went against church law. So that was another emotion, you know, feeling anger for, you know, the tarnishing of the family name. So some people think, you know, Betsy was angry, very angry about this because, you know, back in those days, your last name was a little bit what you were defined by, you know, that's what your reputation was. So she was angry that her father tarnished her name. And if there was abuse going on that also added to it and it made this just ball of emotions that became as of what we know as the bell witch you know this entity that just put so much harm on so many people and made them miserable but towards the end really targeted John Bell and tried to care for his ailing wife and his daughter and even had intelligent conversations non-violently with his son about the past and the present, even about the Civil War, which had not happened yet. So, if you really do think about that theory right there, um, things are very, very conflicting. Um, Very, very conflicting. When you think about it, because some people say that it's Kate Batts, some people say that it's not Kate Bats. It was the manifestation of all of those emotions that had happened at once. Um now my view on it would I don't know. I see I have two different views of it, it could have been Kate Bats, but it could have also been that manifestation of emotions. Because I do know, you know, living when you have so many negative emotions is what I've experienced sometimes when I've had so many negative emotions. I've noticed, you know, just weird things can happen when I do have a lot of negative emotions that have, you know, just become this other thing that I feel like. And after, you know, I'm feeling good and the positivity is really overpowering the negative, then things, you know, kind of stop. And that's what I also kind of see in this case. Things kind of took a turn and everything became positive again. So that's you know my my view and my take on it I really do I do strongly believe this case because I mean it was the first murder in history to go down as murder by a spirit. I mean you don't really see that a whole lot, and it was happening all over Robertson County now people might say you know mass hysteria, you know everybody's scared so everybody's seeing things that aren't really there but I mean, that could be a thing, but I mean, it was documented by historical figures like Andrew Jackson. I mean, he saw and his men saw the things that went on in the Bell household. So when you have that kind of documentation to back that up, it's something that's just kind of undeniable to me because there are facts. There is proof with this case that you don't see a whole lot of like there's not in every haunting case is there like a historical figure or a governmental figure like Andrew Jackson who's there to back that up but he was he was there to back up what happened in the Bell household and he told his side of the story now what you know I believe many other people believe is that after Betsy had that positivity, it didn't exactly destroy the entity, the poltergeist that had been made from those negative emotions, but it had, you know, it had silenced it. And it did rep- it did promise to return in seven years, and it did, again, because, you know, I think at that point, it had become, its, it had been so much time of just so much negativity, it had become its own person at that point. It was no longer connected to Betsy. It was its own Entity at that point, and she was promised to turn in one hundred and seven, one hundred and seven years, and the living descendant. You know, he said he he didn't experience anything, but he did write a book about his family's story. Um, at that time, he wrote a book about what he knew, what his family had told him, what had happened to their family way back. Um. Now, I mean, a lot of people are like, well, you know, the the documentation's just not there. Um, You know, I think the documentation is not going to be like you back in the back in the 1800s. People didn't have cell phones. They didn't have cameras. You couldn't just take it out and record. So you had to rely on people. You had to rely on people's truths. And I think these all these people that did go on record, they were honest, incredible people and did, you know, really tell the truth about what they did see and hear about what had actually happened in that household and what had happened to that family. So I do believe strongly that this case is a genuine, genuine case. Um, I do strongly believe that. So, That is the part two to the Bell Witch Haunting. I will be working on another story tonight. I am not going to spoil it for you guys because I have spent a lot of time actually researching this case. I have known a lot about it for years. So, I will see you guys next time. Tune in for another Murder Mystery Fridays with your host, Brandon.